Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us here today. We do have a good episode for you. It is with actor Adrian Epley, who is great. I really enjoyed talking to her. And if you hear... Helicopters in the background, and has been reading the news today. Uh, helicopters are the police looking for a suspect of a shooting. And uh, a lot of people have already reached out asking if we're okay. We are. Uh, it did happen in Brooklyn at a train station near us, but not one that we frequent. Um, so we are safe in home, but uh, there are helicopters circling our neighborhood at the moment uh so it is it is scary but um as i said we are safe inside we have no reason to go out later okay i don't want to focus on that in this episode because we have a really great guest and she's just fantastic she is a friend that i met shooting a commercial which we will uh, if we can plug it into the youtube enhanced version of this episode right here and it was uh, a fun shoot we have um we had a good time and we had a good chat about that she is now in atlanta and i think she's pals with previous guest hannah reyes leeson and if you have not listened to that episode, you definitely should. And uh, yep, here come the helicopters again. Again, going to move on. I am the Chris Rock of podcasters. Okay, well, let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with Adrian Epley. I don't know that listeners know yet that we have a history. We were in a commercial together. A couple of commercials together, really. Mm-hmm. I guess we could say it has been out for so long. Morgan and Morgan was the commercial. And I guess they did a couple of different cuts with us. And that was a fun shoot. It was a super fun shoot. And it was also airing all through COVID. <laughs> if I remember correctly, they were playing it on TV with the news and everyone was watching the news then. Yeah. That was actually my last gig before I moved out of New York. Yeah. You are now in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Lots going on in Atlanta. I know some people might say, like, why would you leave New York? But, I mean, there could be other places that are better for a person in this industry. It just sort of depends where they're at. Yeah. I mean, my, my decision was something that I sat on for a while. Hmm. And I think I could have made New York work. But, yeah, I just, I'm from the South originally. My parents are in North Carolina. So it felt like a sense of being closer to family was going to make my life better. And so the decision with your career, right? It's like, I truly think that if it's meant to be, it's going to happen no matter where you are. But I do also believe that when you're your happiest self, you're going to book more jobs because people sense that. And I do feel that was the right decision for me, finding my 
my happiest self was to get out of New York. And luckily I did because then COVID happened. Right, right. It would have been a tough time to feel like you need to be home. I mean, I guess a lot of people went home for that first little stint, at least, of COVID. Yeah, I'm just glad I left when I did. I had no idea, obviously, that that was going to happen. But I got I got some solid months of Atlanta in before the pandemic hit. So it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, you've done a ton. I was looking at your IMDb and your your site. You've, you've done a couple of films and you do some short films, too. Yeah, I actually got really lucky. So one of my good friends, another COVID situation, actually. So he got into USC film school. And usually that takes place in Los Angeles, but they were all doing school from home and his home was Atlanta. So I got to be a part of three projects, which was super fun. And I I love doing short films. I mean, film is where my heart lies, but you know, you can't really pick and choose quite yet. (laughs) Oh yeah. That is the tough thing is there's so many steps between starting and being in film. Yeah, uh, you can do short films. You can do student films. You can do, you can get TV stuff. Yeah, it's a big leap. Yeah, but they've been really fun, and I find them to be the most artistically fulfilling. I feel like I've done a lot of commercials, I so many that that artistic fulfillment is there in the sense of it's getting you're having fun, getting paid what you love to do, but. Right with films you get to like really create a person and dive into a character and you know depending on where you are in your career with tv you're coming in for one line maybe two scenes and the short films are the way to like fulfill that and so i i'll do them for free like you know those are just the the ways to make i think make me better or make any actor better oh cool yeah you bring up something really interesting because i've had that same experience with commercials where I enjoy doing it because I'm performing, but you're not really able to create this whole character and you're, you really have to focus specifically on what they want. And a lot of times you don't even have a line. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's so real. You're just basically a puppet. That's kind of the, the gig sometimes, but it is interesting that you can get a few lines and you're like, well, it's not going to really help to have a backstory or to, think of this character and what their day is and what they're going through. It's just sort of like, Hey, read the lines. It's a commercial. We're selling something. So you have to get in a whole different frame of mind. Yeah. And I, I tend to find myself doing all commercials as Adrian, you know, like I always bring myself to it. And I think everyone does with any role. Right. But Mm -hmm. commercials, it's like, okay, you know, I, I, grew up doing theater so I'm like oh right. that, that goofiness of a theater the discovery of it I think a lot of that lives in the commercial world which I've been blessed to have success there but at the same time it's yeah you know it's yeah. it's puppet it's puppet you're you the puppet master especially if the client is there on site watching your every move <laughs> it's uh they don't care about you they care about what it looks like and right that right. can be said for a lot of directors too so <laughs> yeah that's all well, yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like david fincher might be a little focused on how it looks <laughs> yep exactly exactly <laughs> but he is also trying to get a performance out of people too of course famously known for doing 200 takes because he believes those last takes are the ones where it's just going to be like real <laughs> yeah like okay 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever you say. Actually, yeah, whatever he says. <laughs> you know, I feel like commercials are very similar to sketch in a way because you, you can kind of approach them the same way because you're you're mostly going for a gag in a commercial. It's mostly just like, okay, I know the joke they're trying to make, so let me just support that as best I can. Like, that's the most thought that I've ever put into like the commercial we were in where I was <laughs> supposed yeah. to be like partying it up. So you just think, okay, I know what they're going for here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I, I like the commercials with the gag. Those are just the most fun. Yeah, I think. And there's, there's a lot of stuff I've done. Anytime a product is involved, those aren't necessarily, there's usually, well, I guess that's not true, but most of the time, the funny ones, are meant to be funny and the other ones that are about the product you're seeing images of the product and like maybe your hands and walking a certain way or walking down yeah those are the ones where you're not talking but the ones where you talk usually pretty fun commercials are good for that yeah but yeah definitely like sketch and i did some sketch in new york but i always yeah it's like a time to play i find it keeps your improv you yeah. sharp <laughs> for sure Let's talk a little bit about your time in New York. Now, you mentioned already that you were in theater. You went to Clemson and in South Carolina for theater. Here in New York, were you studying anywhere? What was your approach to New York City and how long were you here? So I moved to New York City September 2015 after I had finished doing an outdoor theater show. And honestly, I immediately started working in a restaurant because survival mode. And uh, the first year was kind of just figuring out the city. I didn't move here with the intent of studying. I was a naive actor thinking like, oh, I just did my studying. I would need to do more. Wrong. And then I found myself immersed in Kimball Studios was one of my favorites. I had heard that they specifically worked with people who were trained in theater and trying to transition to film. I did some stuff there, Michael Howard Studios, and then... I got really into one-on-one -on -one and Actors Connection. So a lot of my studies were there and I did some private coaching with Ellen Novak, who was recommended to me by an agent. And she she's trained a lot of people who've been to NYU. Ironically, one of the girls in my class I just saw on an Atlanta show. So I love when those, when I see people, I see a lot of people in Atlanta on TV all the time, but I haven't seen many people from New York. So that was cool to finally see that happening. And yeah, so it wasn't probably until like year three of New York, was, well, probably year two, once I figured out the city, started taking classes that I just started becoming my own agent. I was on backstage every day, Actors Access, like I auditioned all the time from myself. I still didn't have an agent. And eventually I landed a print modeling agency that did some commercial, but it still wasn't where I wanted to be. And that's what led to Atlanta. It was an if-then situation. If I got an agent in Atlanta, then I would move to Atlanta. But that time where I had to be my own agent in New York, which so many do in New York, you don't have the agent yet, taught me so much. And I think every actor should always, you're only going to be your best advocate. Only you can be your best advocate. And I learned that in that process. But yeah, it was not easy by any means. <laughs> no, it can get expensive on those different sites because a lot of people don't realize you got to pay for membership and maybe even pay to submit yourself. 
that's not even the audition. That's just, hey, will you give me a chance to audition sort of yep. stuff? And, and you can have some cases you have to pay for that. Yeah. Casting networks is so overpriced. I don't understand it, but <laughs> yeah, there we are. <laughs> really. Yeah, it is expensive. Yeah. And there are a few of them too, right? You know, you've got all these different sites. So it's sort of like all the different streaming services, but only with this, you can't borrow your ex's password and, and exactly. use their actor's exactly. access. <laughs> this is no Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's funny. During that time when you were being your own agent, what sort of things did you learn that you think anyone trying to come up needs to know? That's a great question. I... So the reason that what shifted for me when I became my own, when I think I became my own agent was I went to LA and I had a sit down meeting with an agent and I got chewed alive, chewed up, spit out. And I, I'm happy to talk about that another time, but basically I left that meeting and it was, I think every actor kind of faces like a make or break moment where it's like, you have to decide if you really want to deal with this heartbreak for the rest of your life or not if you're really, if you really have what it takes. And I left it and I bawled crying and I felt like I wanted to give up. And then for whatever reason, I pulled it together. And when I got back to New York, I hit the ground running. And what I mean by that is looking for everything in my breakdown. I cut my hair off because I thought that would be a good idea. Got new headshots, got the most expensive headshot, which you don't have to do, but I did do that. And they did, I swear they got me work. I really do stand by that. David Knowles, which I'm sure you know. And yeah. And I just submitted and said yes to any side project. And I look back on those auditions now and I'm like, wow, I had no idea what I was doing. But the difference between the girl before LA and after was she had confidence and she believed that she could do it. And I, I know that that's so cliche to say, but it's, it was the difference for me. I had to start believing that it was possible. And as soon as I did, it started to align and it's continued to, I mean, now it's like having to believe other things are possible in the position I'm in now, but back then it was just like, I believe I deserve to be on a set. I believe I deserve an audition. It started with, I believe I deserve an audition. I believe I deserve an agent. And then, you know, those things come to fruition. The more you really believe it, And I think it's, I think New Yorkers, I still stand by this and I have great actor friends in Atlanta. What you have to do in New York is a hustle like no other. And I think the, what that market teaches you is, can be really good and really difficult at the same time. Atlanta has much more of a community aspect. We support each other. New York is like dog eat dog. Even if it's not, it kind of feels like it. So many people here. So it's so competitive. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely coming from the South and auditioning for stuff in the South, it was a lot more common to hear like, good luck when someone's like leaving an audition. Yeah. And I said that up here to some people once and they, it was almost like it threw them <laughs> or something like, huh? Yeah. Good like you're trying to get in their head or something like you just mentioned. Right, right. It's like, no, I just mean good luck. <laughs> like yeah. we all need good luck. <laughs> exactly. I know we're all going for the same role. We can't all. Have good luck on this role. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I get that. I think people can get really focused on their drive because you have to have such a serious drive here that it can be easy to almost not notice other people. Mm-hmm. It's a New York was like a mind your own business unless someone wants to be invited in. And right, right. It, I've had to kind of overcome that here because, you know, it's a people actually do care and they're genuine. They want to see you succeed. And even sometimes you question that as an actor, right? Because you're like, but you're my competition. It's like, it's not, it's just not how it is. Like it's a place where you have to truly believe that the right roles for you aren't going to pass you. They're right. meant for somebody else. Right. Right. I have you ever seen something that you went up for and didn't get after you, you know, like <laughs> after you didn't get it? I I had last year is where I learned this lesson. So I auditioned for something that I really wanted. And you never get the ones you really want, right? And I actually was friends with the girl who ended up booking it. And I saw the deadline article come out and I was like entered entered into depression like I was really upset I was so excited for my friend because it was a great role it hasn't come out yet it will come out and I don't think I was the only one that was affected by it because it was Atlanta talent getting bigger roles which is great for our community I didn't see that at the time and then probably three or four weeks later what was meant for me came and I ended up booking this gig that was uh, not a normal gig, but the best thing I've, that's ever happened to me and exactly what I needed in the place that I am in my career. And I remember like three weeks into filming, it was like a six month ish project. Three weeks into filming, I was like, I'm never going to question something that passes me by again, because I have been proven that this, this was the right thing for me. The other thing I was not ready for because of what I'm now doing, I'll be ready for what's next oh nice yeah i've seen a couple of times i've seen a commercial that i didn't get and i thought oh why did they even want to see me yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's happened i am not right for that role (laughs) oh yeah my favorite one was when i auditioned for a stripper which is hilarious because like i don't yeah i I don't have boots whatever (laughs) that's not your vibe though yeah, <laughs> the person who ended up booking it like was the complete opposite of me. I'm like, why did they even give me a shot at that? Like, that was weird, but still a fun experience, you know. Could say I tried. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw something where it was like, oh, they wanted somebody like a kind of a grump sort of thing, and I I don't have that vibe. I don't have a grumpy guy, <laughs> schlumpy vibe so it's like i don't understand why i did you... <laughs> like, why did they why did they look at my reel and say yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, grumpy no yeah the breakdowns are so so not accurate i don't even read them some i mean i do sometimes but like mm-hmm. most of the time i don't because they're so irrelevant and if you yeah. read sometimes you read one word right like say it's grumpy then you do the, the scene grumpy and it's like, actually they ended up going with the person who was happy. It's like, just yeah. do it how you want to do it. <laughs> or you go into the audition and they're like, 
oh yeah actually da 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 you should do it this way and it's like that's completely opposite than what's written on the thing you all said exactly <laughs> it's so bizarre never fails <laughs> friend of the podcast was on recently her name's margaret and she was talking about a bad audition she had where the script said the character's screaming because she's being tortured and so that's what she does and it startled everyone auditioning her. Then they, they like make this announcement to everyone auditioning. She's the character is pretending she's just trying to scare her father. And like that's not in the breakdown. It's not in the script at all that they gave them. So like you don't have to do a blood curdling scream for this. It's like, well, maybe you should have put that in the script. <laughs> maybe you should have told her that. Maybe you should have told us. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the thing that's kind of tricky about right now is we don't get feedback. You could be doing something completely wrong. Like it's all self-tape. So right. one little correction. I mean, I had a call back the other day. They gave me one little note and I was like, oh, and it all makes sense. And yeah. you, when you don't have someone in the room telling you that, how do they expect you to get there? Like we don't yeah. have the full, we don't have them. It's so bizarre, some of these breakdowns, because I, I read one today that said, like, okay, slate your name, only your name. You don't have to say where you live or your agent or any of that. They don't care about any of that. They actually wrote that in the breakdown. They don't care about any of that. Just say, only say your name. You don't need to go like, they don't care about any of that, okay? Just Be Because some people will say it. If they don't say they don't care, people will send it in. And people still probably send it in. Like, yeah, direct, people don't follow directions. It's so funny. That's true. That's so, true. <laughs> but yeah, like the all explanation marks. I'm like, okay, I get it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this? And why are they so angry? They're so angry. They should be cast as the grumpy person. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard different things when talking to people about getting an agent i've asked a lot of different actors who are on different levels who have agents and all of their stories kind of sound the same their answer is pretty much like i don't know <laughs> i just got lucky or i was just at this thing and then someone got it's no one has been able to lay out a sort of plan of attack you know like you mentioned your la story and said you're you know it's like it was a bad experience. Did you feel like you weren't ready? Was there something that someone going in needed to have in their mind in a situation I, like that? I had a personal connection that got me in the door there. I would have, I was not ready to go in the door there. Wow. So she was, she did me a favor and now I would never sign with her, but you know, like that's, that's that full circle moment. That's like, no, I'm good. Thank you. But yeah, no, that was a personal connection. That was, and we still never spoke after it. I, I actually followed every formula that I was taught would, would work. And that's kind of how it happened for me, which was take the classes, take the work. I invested, I've invested so much money into my career, probably more than I've made at this point. And you have to. So it was taking the classes, taking the workshops, doing the showcases, and I've had really terrible agency experiences and I've had amazing agency experiences. I think ultimately 
it depends on your market because yeah. I couldn't get one in New York, you know? So like, how could I tell someone how to get one there? I did everything right. I got them yeah. in Atlanta because I followed the formula that I learned in New York and Atlanta. So I think what New York lacks is networking. Mm-hmm. It's more of an exchange of money when you're doing the classes with agents there, it feels. And this, the same thing holds true. You cannot get an agent until you have work and you can't get work until you have an agent. And that's the battle that everyone faces when they're in that in between. And that's when you have to say yes to doing cheap things until they're good things or become your own agent to get the real, to get the agent. And that's the hustle that it takes. But yeah, I mean, my agency stories are really crazy, but I don't know if I should dive into it or not. Basically, the one I- You don't have to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the one I moved with, the reason I moved to Atlanta was awful. And I was trapped in a contract for two years. So I still had to be my own agent for another two years being in Atlanta. Oh, right. And then I finally got set free. And I just recently- I'm on my third agent in Atlanta. And this mm-hmm. is the one I wanted to be with as soon as I moved here. So okay. I'm finally there. I auditioned for a couple in Atlanta. One was a good, like it was a good experience that only I didn't land an agent, but it was pleasant. Another unpleasant, it's an unpleasant yeah. experience. It was strange. <laughs> I yeah. had submitted to get looked at and then had just followed up like a month later and and like just like called i think because i had an email response from this agent and so i then called the number and the email that this person provided and they like were upset that i called and said oh just just keep it to email and i just thought why would you give out your number like don't put your number in an email of prospective talents, <laughs> if you don't want yeah. them to call you, like, what do you expect is going to happen? It was so weird. And then she called someone else to complain that I called, like a mutual connection. What? And I guess kind of like got mad at them because that person then called and yelled at me for ruining their name. And I'm like, how did I ruin your name? I just called. <laughs> right. I thought it was super strange, the whole the whole thing, because the agent was like, I'm busy. Well, then why did you take my call? And then why did you take the time to call them, to yell at them, if you're so yeah. busy that you can't take a phone call? And then they ended up seeing me anyway. Let me come in and audition anyways. It was like, gosh, I don't even know if I want to work with someone. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, that would have I would have just probably ran... On that note, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody's different. I just, I am a person that I've always wanted a relationship and a friendship with my agent. And I finally have that. And I'm so grateful for that. The friendship has been there, you know, but then now they finally get to be my agent. And that's the biggest blessing in the world. So it really is. Because that person gets you. That person wants to see success for you and they're not only seeing you as potential for them to make uh, a commission or whatever. And it's, it's more they're, they're, they're trying to help you grow. Yeah. And I think someone having that want for you as an agent 
is important. And I think a lot of people forget that when they have the first agent bite at their, what is it? Bite at their feet. I don't know. That's not right. <laughs> the first agent that comes along, people jump. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest mistake I did was because I could have gotten any agent when I moved here. I just didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And I settled and I got stuck and, you know, all divine timing, but it ultimately comes down to like, you don't need, they, they work for you mm -hmm. and you want the person working for you to know who you are as a human being and respect that you're a human being. And that's not always there. And it's very important for someone that you're trusting with your career to have those qualities. Yeah. It's a bizarre industry just because of the way it's set up. Yeah. You know, because what other job, what other career outside of entertainment is beholden in that way? You know what I mean? Where this person has to go out and advocate for me in order for me to get what I need. Yeah. Other businesses don't operate that way for a reason. Right. You know, it, right. uh, other businesses like you, that's a very, it's a very clear line of how you take steps up to succeed. Mm -hmm. Acting is not that. There's right. some people who have money from their family who just succeed. There are mm -hmm. people who get lucky and then mm -hmm. they right out of college book a series regular and they succeed and they don't succeed. And then they succeed later on in life. Like there's, there's no, I call I always think of it as a formula and I think it's everyone's formula looks so different and you can, some things are similar, right? You do the training, you put in the work, you get an outcome. That part's there, but it doesn't mean it will happen. It's not a guarantee. Right. There's so many ways for there to be success. And there's, there's also different attitudes on what success is. Like one person could want to have the success of Tom Cruise, but another person would be happy not being a household name, but just regularly working. And that's success to them. And those are very different kinds of success, but they're both success to those people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's whatever you want it to, to be defined as like, do you want your name in lights? You're, you're looking at lesser odds than someone who's wanting to be a working actor. Right, you know, right. that's, I think what's shifted for me is like, I just want to be able to only be an actress and that be my income. That'd be enough to. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Which is not still not the case. You know, I still have a, a normal job. Mm -hmm. So you get there. It's all baby steps in the right direction. I bartended exactly. for five years until I could step away from it. So, yeah. And that's, that's the gig. That's part of it. It's finding different. I always call myself having irons in different fires because you gotta be able to do other things or get some other stuff going for you. So you can just make it through. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that actors, no matter when you've like, whenever you've pursued acting in your life, I think that's one thing we're going to have an upper hand on over all these other people in different industries is we know what it means to have multifaceted incomes, mul multiple sources of incomes and what that balance looks like, because we're going to eventually be in a world where everyone has to have multiple sources of income. And it's, we're already, we've been, what do you mean? We've been doing that. Like that's just yes, where so, yeah. life is, you know, the side hustle has been a thing for a while, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's like most actors I know have multiple side hustles just to make mm -hmm. ends meet. And like, that's how we do it. You know, that's what we have to do. Right. And I know a lot of people will say it's so stereotypical when someone like The Rock or 
Ryan Reynolds start selling their liquor brand or their whatever. But it's just normal to them because actors have always had a few different things that they were doing. And just when you get that famous, the different things that you have are business opportunities. It's still just multiple streams of income. Oh, I think about I think about that all the time. Like what my if I got to a point where I could have my own business, what that would be, you know? Right. Those are fun things to think about. It's like it's a you don't have to worry. You could take George Clooney because of Casamigos, he could take a not so great role in a film that inspires his soul because mm-hmm. he did Casamigos. Like, okay, why wouldn't you right. do that? You know? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Of course. Batman and Robin put him in that mindset because he said that he talked to his business manager and the business manager said, you could live the rest of your life comfortably. And this is before he was quite the A-lister that mm-hmm. he, he became after he had the, there were a couple of big movies after that. one. So his attitude was, well, if I read a script and I say to myself, I want to see this movie, then I will do it. But otherwise... Uh, I'm not going to bother. Why? And, yeah. And, and people have gotten to work closely with people that are A-listers and had these conversations with them. And it's like, they do sit down and pick and choose what they do. And that's, that's an ultimate place to be. But yeah. if you don't read anything you like for a year, then you're not working for a year. You have a side hustle, you know, it's like, it just, it just is what it is, but also very yeah. cool that we we are kind of the masters of that in my opinion oh yeah i mean that is something and i i think i guess we're seeing more musicians being able to do that too in a way that mm-hmm. maybe they didn't before yeah but you're seeing that more now it's actually just kind of innovative and interesting to me yeah i, I think it, so too it's people using their their brain power to be creative in different ways or just do different things because it's what their output is and what they're they want their output to be i think that's the secret to success in acting is if you can be creative in another place besides acting you probably do well in acting because if your only creative outlet is acting there's too much pressure mm-hmm. if you're not yeah. going to be having enough fun yeah i really do think that whether it's liquor or you know i work in marketing so i get to be creative in that sense designing oh that's cool yeah you know it works for me but not for everyone no that's understandable too but you know i i think it is cool that people can go for these different things like you know do it go for it for sure you mentioned when you were in new york that you did some sketch who did you do sketch with i did a sketch of new york it was like a play sketch comedy a sketch of new york a sketch of New York and yeah it was it was fun I didn't get super involved outside of just mm-hmm. doing that but I mean it was really it was a really good time definitely check them out and audition for them because the sketch is actually quite funny oh okay awesome yeah it's so funny what is next for you what you sort of mentioned it that you want to be able to make your income your main income from acting what is the dream thing if you do have opportunities for the side hustles the the business side like what would you do oh for side hustle wise yeah like if you get to let's say you get to uh the rocks (laughs) if i get to the rocks level you know it varies i've always been a very big fitness enthusiast um Mm -hmm. which is 
kind of trending on all platforms. So I wouldn't pick that right now to do because the market for it is so large. So saturated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I loved what Jessica Alba did with her like honest products and how that expanded. That was really fun to watch come to life. Yeah. And like Fabletics with Kate Hudson, so cool. Gwyneth Paltrow, like there, there's so many industries that have done great things. And I've seen other actors take stabs at things. If I had to do one right now, I probably would do a tequila because I, I know really? I bartended for so long and I love it. You have so such yeah, heavy competition with that. Yeah. Yeah, but there's I know I know the right way to do it because of my years in the service industry. Like I see how to get with certain vendors and promotion promotions. But that's the thing is everyone right now is kind of starting their own business. I still would like a fitness product, a fitness app, or something along the lines of fitness. I'm too much of a health nut to not go that route, but it wouldn't yeah. be leggings. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Overdone. you know i thought too the like fashion like what sort of clothing do i want that doesn't exist that's probably a route i would go if i was in that position yeah and also just this is an easy way to get stuff custom made <laughs> right exactly like the standard the standard thing just fits me perfectly yeah. <laughs> it would be horrible <laughs> for the average person but for me <laughs> it works <laughs> my funny. arms are a little longer than the average person my height you, so you could do a one size fits all and it just be your size no one would ever know <laughs> right right but everyone would be like these sleeves are an inch too long <laughs> like what is going on with these sleeves it's funny hey oversized is in jason oversized <laughs> is in it's coming back <laughs> like sure. the, it was so big in the early 90s and now it's back for sure <laughs> those are fun those are fun things i remember i thought i was being so clever with this when i thought of this once before since everyone has their liquor brand i would want to do something that would pair with it you know like my own tonics or my own you know sodas and stuff like that but then of course blake lively did that so i was like oh dang it you just have to do it better that's how business works <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I copied your idea, but I did it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came up with it uh, independent of hearing it. <laughs> I mean, she didn't copy me. I can't quite say that, but it's so funny. <laughs> well, this has been a fun chat, but it's time to create something together. Let's do it. Yes. So, what is something we kind of did talk about the audition world and the getting an agent? approach sort of somewhat but what and we we've even talked about what a business would be we could go more into if we were to go in business together we're gonna try to have a wing of that what that might be how we might do it we could do that would you be down for that let's do it yes okay we've talked about liquor we've talked about clothing so i know i have an idea okay. for us yeah i think this is it because i'm talking about help Okay. And you're talking about mixers, things that you put <laughs> into drinks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is such this would be this would sell hard in LA. But they, you know, now they have these vitamins that allow your body to break down alcohol. Mm -hmm. Our mixers would have that vitamin in it. Ooh. 
please, we probably shouldn't share this because this is a really great idea. <laughs> yeah. And we would call it what we would call it. Okay. So mixers, vitamins, alcohol. Well, I was your name is so fun to pun with, like far yeah. out, far yeah. out mixers, uh-huh. far out, far out pairs. Like pairings with oh. alcohol. Far out pairs. Okay, okay, but oh, we gotta get your name in there. Yeah, you know, Adrian's tough. We could do yo yeah. something. Yo, so something. Yeah, <laughs> that I could be that like one of the flavors. Could be yo Adrian. I will be a flavor. I would totally mm-hmm. be a yo Adrian flavor. <laughs> that one would have to match with tequila. That's the rule. Okay. <laughs> 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 there it is Adrian thanks so much for being on the podcast thanks for having me Jason it was so good to see you that was a super fun chat I hope you enjoyed it Adrian is great you can follow her on Instagram at Adrian Epley and you should also just keep an eye out for her. I think she is one to look for she's super talented and fun and at the very least she should be in a movie playing Rose Byrne's sister you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is. And follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. Also, subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Fun episodes coming up. Be on the lookout for those. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.